Hey Siri, are you listening to me? And let's talk about your glow-in-the-dark friend. Let's learn a thing or two. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back. Matt, we are here on our lovely Tuesdays. That's the day we've decided that it all happens now. Podcast day, the busiest day. It also is our new upload day. So we record Tuesday and we upload the week before on Tuesday. So it's a nice, nice separation nice of time. Nice time frame, yeah, yeah. But Matt, you know, let's just let's just dive right in. I've come to talk about something that recently I've 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 been questioning. I've been questioning the world around me. How so? Philosophically? I f- Do you ever feel when you're alone you're not alone? Like someone's listening in? Yeah, my imaginary friend, Jimmy. No, well, I I I feel there are some forces out there. Like, I'm thinking Star Wars. I've been thinking Star Wars a lot recently. What are they, midi- midi-chlorians in the air around you? I don't know. <laughs> well, what, well what, are, what are you talking I'm about? I'm talking more about our technology. Our technology is listening to us. Oh, very relevant topic, Thomas. If, if you're going where I think you're going, it's, it's going to be a good topic. <laughs> is Siri listening to you? That's and a, and the simple question. answer is, of course she is. If you want her to be, hey, Siri, she has to listen to wait for you to say, hey, Siri. So she's always listening. So she's always you listening. You can't respond if you're not listening. Same with yeah. your devices. But maybe they're doing a little bit more than just listening. So I was doing some research, and I came across this wild, um, this wild fact. So most apps these days and smartphones use this software called Alfonso. Alfonso. So this is kind of a standard software that that like iPhone would use. Or, yeah, or Google it's would it's use. like code that's put into apps, and what it does, it says it listens to your TV audio, and then records that data, and then sends it off to uh, ad agencies to better market ads towards you. So this this has been going on, right? Like yes. This is a thing. Yeah. That if my iPhone would listen to the TV while I watch it or Netflix or whatever. And it's, but it's when active apps are running, but these apps range everywhere from your dating apps to social media, to even kids apps, they're all listening. And they say they don't record human conversations, but they're still, they're still there. Yeah. How's that possible to not record human interaction when it's always with the human? I'm not sure, but Facebook also has their own thing called pixel. Now pixel, Google Pixel. <laughs> I know. When I saw that, I was like, hey. Interesting. Um, well, what Google does is they take the – no, what Pixel – oh, you just – I'm Pixel, sorry. Okay. Pixel, Pixel by Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So <laughs> it uses – it's when you're on your browser and you might close out of Facebook, but it will still track where you've been using cookies. So it will track how long you've been on a site, what items you've had in shopping carts on other websites. That's why, like, if you go somewhere to check out some shoes, like, I've been checking out some boots recently. You got some ads, right? But now I feel like those boots are following me across the internet on every website. They can I walk see, by themselves. I see, there it is. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. I just got an eBay thing yesterday. I was looking for shoes on eBay. Shoes popped up. I was like, um, I'm not on eBay, but the shoes are there. That's weird. The ads are highly targeted, and that's just based off these cookies that are saved that then are sent off and they're, I mean, they're selling our data in a sense, but they also, not only are they listening, they might also be tracking where you're walking. Location services. Now a breach, but not just location services due to the fact that using texting and data sends out, you're sending a single signal to a local telephone pole. Um, 
well, like receiver station, um, they can triangulate your location. Hence, they can target ads based off of where you are around. So if you're near bonsai bowls or whatever, you can get an ad for it. Yeah, or like if you're at the grocery store, you could be getting gro- you might get a grocery store like coupon ad on your phone just because year after year they get more and more exact. It's about convenience, but also that's that's a major breach of privacy. It is a major be- breach of privacy, which brings me into my next point that we've all kind of accepted this. You know why? We we don't read the fine print. Thomas. We don't read the fine print. No one does. I actually scroll through it and I try to look at the the headers of each section of each title section. And I see what's new and a lot of it has to do, a lot of it's the same. You see the same thing like payments, process, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't care about that. Like as long as I pay my 99 cents for whatever, whatever, it's gonna work. But yeah, I guess we're all adhering to that that privacy code, you know, and people get upset and they're like, well, you clicked it and you didn't read it. Yeah, not a lot of people read it because it's long, it's small text, you just scroll endlessly. But in there is all this information that is you just sign off to. There was a study that they measured 75, they did, um, they gave a bunch of people a fake app and they gave them the terms of service. 75% of people skipped it. Yeah. And only 25 people, actually, 25% actually read through it. And the 25% who read through it, only 1% actually sk- saw the like bad claims that were on there. Wow. And That's really interesting. It was funny. It's like on there, they in the terms that terms of service it said all your go- all your info will be sold to the government and ad agencies and your first payment will be your first child wow but everybody skipped that except for like 2% they go from point a to point c they skip point b they skip the fine print that's that's crucial gone are the days where we would sit down read a contract on paper write notes highlight some stuff you don't like then bring it that's you know it, being a smart consumer is the kind of those skills are are being lost right yeah, it's just interesting. This idea that uh it's fine. I'm sure there's not anything incredulous like on there. Like what's the worst that could happen type Right. Of, yeah. But technically it is a terms of service that you are accepting. It's a legal contract. You're yeah, accepting. That's why you have to press decline accept. So, so, so the fact that we might skip on these things is we're truly just hurting ourselves. Now, these are phones and these computers and everything. They're listening to you. They're tracking where you're going. And, you know, sometimes even they can track, they can look at you. They can look at you through your camera by all, by placing malware on your computer. Like, people can get in. The FBI can be tracking what you're doing yeah. through your camera. Oh, yeah. And all this, we seem to be in this super safe private world. But in a sense, our privacy only goes as far as we'd like to pretend. It's our... Uh, our What's it called? Our, we're oblivious to it in a yeah. sense. It's an it's, illusion of, of safety, but we just there's nothing. We just want to pretend that nothing's going on, that's all good, and maybe that little post-it note on your camera makes you feel a little safer back home. You, I, you know what? I have a funny thing where I'm like, yeah, I totally believe that my cameras have been looked through by third parties, whatever. I, I'll accept it because I haven't been doing anything like bad in front of the camera. I hope I can inspire people doing stuff on camera if they watch me ever <laughs> i mean doing homework yeah playing I, guitar maybe they can catch a new song before it's released it's not know. like i'm holding up tax documents in front of the camera yeah it's more just my face typing or i have two monitors so it's not even staring at this it's probably staring off to the right yeah now that's 
particular for us. Now, someone who might be in a corporate environment handling documents, if it's like an HD FaceTime cam, you can like scan it on the desk and see all the documents. You could see a page of passwords for foreign bank accounts, Thomas. So anything's possible. We start to think it's in this age, how much power should we let our technology have? I mean, with these, I originally, the plan was to do a, a topic on smart home devices because I find them so fascinating. But in order for those things to work, they have to wait for you to say their trigger phrase. But in order to do that, they have to be constantly listening. Yeah. And if it's always listening, companies are like, well, we could use that. Like you said, listens to the TV, listens to ads, location. Some it's crazy stuff. All about people making money. I yeah, it's all about money. That's that's at the core. That's what it is. I think before we can define how much is too much for technology, I think we need to change our human ways about being oblivious to this. I think we need to be aware of these contracts. We need to read them. I think there should be some mandates set forth that that make it more clear because those fine prints are very difficult to read, right? They're very fine and they're very printed. So maybe we could have some sections that are like, you know, we could have a lawyer look at it for these, they're huge companies. You could just get a team of lawyers, look over this document, highlight things that are completely different that people need to read. And that way they see them when they scroll through semi quickly. Now I, that, that would be in the perfect world, but I, that that's, will never that's not going to happen because there's money involved. Yeah, you know? and the, they already have lawyers looking at it, making sure that they're all legal in the first place. Yeah, right now the most they're going to do is provide the fine print in the first place. So, I at don't least, know. Yeah, I guess at least they tell us everything. It's more – it's really – it's not on them. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. It's really on the consumer to be, wow, I guess I should read I, – I guess we should read the fine print. Yeah, we, we have to read the fine print, especially now. Technology is so good. It can, it can, you know, if you have a microphone, it can pick out certain things. It can know keywords. It I mean, look, we're both, we're both story. sitting here and right now our microphones are actually going into our computers and that's, I mean, high Super fidelity. High, yeah, yeah. <laughs> high fidelity information going to our sponsors right now. I, there's not much. I'm just calling you out guys, if you're listening, but I mean with, I've always wanted a smart home, but I guess there is a technical risk in that because think it can send, I mean, with these devices, you can send messages, do orders. It's the fact that I can do that makes you think, well, it must, if it's more like, I know what I can do with this device, which means the device captures all that data. And clearly they do more than just sit on it. So, there's really no no way around it. It's just the cold cold truth. But I mean, it's fine. Privacy. Yeah, like we said, it's fine now because, you know, I'm not doing anything bad in front of my camera. I'm not saying anything like I'm smart enough to keep my like social security number in my head. I won't say that out loud. I also I mean, you know? I don't have the Hey Siri turned on. I, I tried it for a bit just to see about convenience because I like Siri. A lot of no, people don't use Siri. Siri's the I worst. Siri. Siri, but <laughs> Siri, Siri can't understand me for for crap. Like I speak Spanish to my Siri, so she Google, still doesn't, doesn't Google Assistant will understand me flawlessly because really? okay. Well, because Siri just like thinks it hears something and then like writes a sentence. 
but like Google Assistants, they'll like try to like say, "Hmm, does this make sense?" Yeah. And, like, try to actually find the right words. There's a difference between that artificial recepting. Um, Siri tries to fill in the blank when she can't understand it, and it's always, always wrong. I agree. Google Assistant takes it as is and then interprets it. You know, it'll it'll say exactly what. Yeah. It, it's there's like ads of like people eating food and talking to their Google Assistant and it's still understanding. It. But like my Siri, Siri, like you're, you couldn't talk to it like straight on and like get a good sentence you have to go how are you question mark like siri can't understand so i have malvern when i say malvern our our hometown she thinks i'm saying melbourne australia she she can't take the v and b it's very difficult for her and, and i say it with very strong diction and she still can't get it yeah and or it whenever i uh like if someone asked me for help with a program i tried to like explain it to them but like if I use words like polygon or like stuff that is not just your standard conversation yeah. speak, like it seems to go, ah, <laughs> I failed seventh grade math. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> but hey, well, at least maybe if she listens a bit more, she'll understand. But she will. She's always listening. She's guys. always listening. We know and that for a fact. My laptop's listening. I just updated it. Yeah. I accepted a whole bunch of stuff last night. I actually, I actually didn't read the fine print because I was so, I was so excited because I cleared up enough space on my you're, desk. You're just happy that so there I was just an sold, extra thirty gigabytes. I just sold my soul, Thomas. Huh. It, well, it, it's crazy how it happens in an instance. There could have been something as simple as the messages app will take your data and use it for Apple Analytics or whatever, and then it has all my messages with my personal things to my mom and grandma. You know. And those, yeah, that's not, they, it, I feel like there's no reason for them to have that, but they'll still take it. Because it's there. It's data. The, the idea of big data and all this information sitting above our head. It's one of those things that's like Apple, money. Apple is like, we will not unlock iPhones. Like we don't have that access. The FBI tries to like break into it and like that whole deal. But then when it comes to information, they're like, oh yeah. Like, take it. Take like, it. Like, yeah, Tom. we won't open their iPhone, but we have the information somewhere else already. Yeah. It's That's like, we don't have their pass, like, their passwords into their phone because we respect privacy, but all the apps on our phone will track what you do and then we'll, they'll sell that data. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know how much Apple does that with their stuff, but they allow apps on their phone with terms of services that let them do it. Yeah. So. One a funny experiment, and then we're going to end this because we're already going so deep into this. Um, one experiment me and my friend wanted to do was we heard this rumor that two people were talking about cat food, and they didn't own a cat. And they kept on, like, every once in a while they'd talk about cat food, they and they the started ads. getting ads for cat food. Yeah. So me and my friend, we tried to do the same thing, and uh, we, didn't get the re we didn't get any results, but I think it would be a fun experiment to try again. Thomas, to see. it's funny that you brought that up because I've been trying that recently. Um, about two weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago, my girlfriend said prom a couple times one day because there was like someone was talking about prom. She got prom dress ads on Instagram and Facebook right away. Okay, so we were like, okay, that's that's crazy. It happened to her sister. She got some targeted ads. So we were like, okay, we're going to say something ridiculous. So we started saying hats like crazy. But no hats came up. I think 
Maybe it could tell that we were being sarcastic. I don't know if it's that good, but it's an interesting thing to try keep it. an eye on. Seriously, yeah. try it. We'll, uh, that we'll, could be like a little video series. I haven't seen anything on YouTube about it, but I've, I've been considering like we'll do a do, doing a vlog series of me just saying ridiculous things into the phone over and over for a week straight and see what I get. We'll um, do a follow-up, that's for sure. Yeah, that would be fun. On the two-top Instagram, we could get some weird Yeah, just a short up. thing. But that's what I got for Siri listening in on you, Matt. Let's move on to what you have. Okay, so today we're talking about, I mentioned it has to do with light a little bit. Well, a lot of it. Glow sticks. What, are, what the heck are glow sticks? How do they work, you know? What's a glow stick? How do they work? So, well, glow sticks are, are known as toys, but I mean, traditionally glow sticks were, were used for diving. They're waterproof, emergency military needs. So glow sticks are, are not just kids' toys luminary devices they're for like camping they're for actual practical uses you know a, a self illuminating device yeah. you know it's pretty pretty advanced it makes you wonder like you know i'm all about sustainability well could we have like glow sticks that last forever to light our earth is that possible the forever glow stick the forever glow stick so i looked into all these chemicals and it was funny it, br- it branched into topics that i'm like really into like watches you know they have the loom on on your watch to get it to glow at night some watches are really advanced it's it's pretty crazy the technology so i want to go over what makes a, a glow stick glow like do we even know what's that juice inside that you sometimes chew on and then it pops and you get the juice on your mouth you ever, you ever done that no i haven't been into a gl- <laughs> glow stick i guess you're talking from personal experience here. <laughs> yes i feel like it's happened to all of us i guess not okay so we're going to start with light basic light is a form of energy which can be emitted through a variety of processes we have three processes incandescence which is the emission of light due to heat like a light bulb we talked about light bulbs um throwback to our one episode don't know the number 59 Um, i think you covered it um fluorescence and phosphorescence which is the emission of light in response to radiation energy such as fluorescent light bulbs or or like a tv yeah um or laser generation which is it's like own lasers are its own thing know crazy Crazy. so i'm not gonna talk about lasers where does the glow stick fall into all these categories so the glow stick is kind of a blend of the um first two well i'm sorry okay the the middle two that i mentioned the fluorescence and phosphorescence is is where the glow stick falls into there's no heat involved although heat affects it which i want to get into so before we go into the technology i want to go into the history of the technology so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pronounce this so Bisoxalate, which is 245-trichlorophenyl and 6-carbophentoxyphenyl. Sounds about right. Okay, it's trademarked as Sialum. Sialum. I'm guessing because it it glowed like a cyan color, like a... Okay, I'm guessing. I'll I'll take it. That's good enough. Okay, so it was invented in 1969. So this is kind of... The late 60s into the 70s were the, were the time when people were trying to get patents on this. Um, Edwin Chandros of Bell Labs worked on it. Um, other early work on chemo, it's chemiluminescence specifically, was carried out at the same time. Um, Herbert Richter at the China Lake Naval Weapons Center. So it's like military. And then people started realizing like, oh, these glow sticks are pretty fun. They're harmless. Just gl- so a glowing we can, stick. We can use them for practical not practical, but like party uses, financial, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. All these processes of light emission work on the same principle. So an outside of um, outside source of energy excites atoms. And when the atoms get excited, it releases energy. And when the energy kind of 
cools down a little bit in there, the energy is then transformed into light. So when you burn something, for example, um, heat energy causes the atoms to make up that material speed up like a candle. When the atoms speed up, they collide with each other with greater force. You know, if the atoms are excited enough, the collisions will transfer energy to some of the atoms' electrons. And when this happens, an electron will te be temporarily boosted to a higher energy level um, farther away from the atom's nucleus. Thus, it will eventually fall back down to its original level, but it still has the energy. So how does it release the energy in the form of light? Oh. That's how luminescence works at its core. So a light stick does the same thing, but there is a chemical reaction to excite the the atoms in the material. So there's no heat involved. It's just a material. So if you can picture a glow stick, what do you do? You break it? So the way um, a glow stick is made, I'll show you a picture here. There's a tube inside of a tube. Uh, in a tubeception. Tube deception. Yes. Um, there is a glass tube that will break. Very, very thin glass tube. So inside the glow stick on the outside is that phenyl oxalate that I mentioned ester and fluorescent dye so there's different dyes to make it glow different colors that's kind of all it is it's a dye that's why a glow stick before it's illuminated looks kind of like a color because right. it's just a dye it's, okay it, yes so there it's are not chemical in the chemical it's but it's a dye on top of those chemicals you know okay that yeah. makes sense so inside the the glass tube is a hydrogen peroxide solution Oh, pretty so simple. We are, we're all familiar with that kind of. It's not so, that toxic, not I guess. Not that toxic. It's um, bad. Yeah, they, I read some of the medical stuff. I wanted to cover that. You know, the worst that could happen is nausea and vomiting. I don't think, I mean, maybe someone has died from ingesting multiple glow sticks. I mean, it's not ideal, but it could be worse. It could be worse, yes. So back to a little, some principles. Um just as in incandescent light bulbs, atoms in the materials are excited, causing electrons to rise to higher levels, and they release as energy. So I wanted to talk about chemiluminescence. So a chemical reaction in a light stick usually involves several different steps. Um, so the commercial ones, like I said, have that, have that glass tube in them. But I wanted to get into kind of illuminating objects, like, you know, kids have those little stars on their ceiling. Oh, like, so yeah. just that type of glow, which is, is it different? They're photons reacting. So let me get to my section. Because I assume with the glow stick, there's a chemical reaction going on, but the whole thing of you have to charge the UV in the star on your ceiling. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's charging. This is phosphorescence, or also it's a, it's a special case of photoluminescence. So objects like that, like your stars, get charged because they have photons which hold energy when you hold light up to it it's uv light specifically it's right? uv light specifically because it excites those atoms with that certain frequency and they'll glow so technology is getting pretty good so there are thousands of different chemical substances that behave like phosphor um, basically to explain how phosphor works you can think of a um, a tv the traditional style of a TV, and a TV panel, you know, you know, liquid crystal display. Yeah, there are phosphors in those thousands of crystals, and um, what what three colors? Red, red, uh, red, blue, green. Red, blue, green. All hit those phosphors, and they'll those little phosphors will hold all three of those colors, either either or, you know, um, and then with the thousands of different phosphors, it creates one giant image. So that's how the basic, like old school liquid phosphor TV works. So, so same like with the your old kids stars. the old two 
tube TV, right? The old tube TV. Yeah, in mo- in more modern flat screens also. That's how it works. Now we have LEDs. Yeah, LEDs and OLEDs. Own, that's their own beast. But, so that was more the plasma TV then. Exactly. So okay. those are just phosphors that are energized by normal light, UV light, like you said, um, that has a very long persistence. Um, two of two phosphors that have these properties are zinc sulfide and strontium aluminate. So they're the two main phosphors that are in your kids' toys. Sounds pretty extreme for kids. Yeah, it's a little, a bit, a little bit of chemistry. Um, nowadays, um, zinc, zinc sulfide is like the main chemical that they use for like, I don't know, if you buy Skechers with um, glow-in-the-dark soles or whatever can't say i've bought glow-in-the-dark sketches in, in any recent years they use zinc zinc sulfide on those and it's mixed into plastic and molded into most glow-in-the-dark stuff that you know today so with all this this chemical luminescence you know we're seeing it in everyday uses i think the future could um hold a lot of these self-luminating not self-luminating but more easily illuminated you know, it's, ca- it's about capturing energy and efficiently using it. Okay, for example, a lot of exit signs have tubes of, of photons, that zinc sulfide. So if the power goes out, your exit sign is still illuminated. Right. Now, you're, when we get into this, we have to talk about the half-life of these materials because they don't last forever. If you look at vintage watches, a lot of watches will use radon and different things to get the, the hands on the watch to illuminate. And, you know, if you look at a 60-year-old watch, it doesn't really glow as well as no. a brand-new watch. So it dies over time. So we would have to replace that. But would, would this energy be worth harvesting in these materials, such as, like, an exit sign? Would it be worth changing it every 30 years, you know, for safety? Maybe, that way it's but, not powered? Uh, maybe, but I also think um, when you were doing research on this, when we're talking about, like, Re- reviving these chemicals in a sense. Did you find out any conclusive evidence on putting the glow stick in the freezer after the yes. fact? Yes. Okay, so we have two different properties here. I want to get into my notes Because here. if you break the, pla- the glass tube inside the glow stick, technically it can never go back to its original glow. But why do people put it in the freezer? Let me tell you, Thomas. So if you heat the solution, the glow stick, the the extra energy will accelerate the reaction and the stick will actually glow brighter, but it will glow for a shorter amount of time. So if you cool the light stick, the reaction will slow down and the light will dim, but you could preserve the glow stick for like a whole other day, you know? You're just slowing the chemicals reacting down. So a glow stick, in a sense, is just a chemistry experiment in a tube. Just by doing that breaking, chemical reaction instantly. Yeah. Particles are moving really fast. That's you're you are the catalyst of the glow stick. You have to break it. You have to mix the chemicals, you know, and it doesn't last forever. It's like the equivalent of putting, um, uh, you know, what is it? Pepsi and and Mentos, or is it Pepsi and Mentos? You get the react. You drop if you physically drop it in, the reaction will happen, but the reaction is not going to last forever. No, a glow stick lasts longer than your typical volcano experiment, you know. <laughs> But it won't last forever. Right. So everything, that's the point. Everything passes. It's not okay. self-sustained energy, but it lasts a while. And if we can harness that to last a really long time, say, like in a vacuum, you know, where everything is in control and the photons can move at a rate that we can measure, and then that way, you know, you can make a light last a really long time. That's pretty cool to me. I see it has a lot of practical uses in maybe underdeveloped areas, but also like in uh, tr- more tragic, like natural disasters. I see that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's where they use all that today. As you said in the beginning, the military using glow sticks to um, 
well, just glow. Yeah, that the military use. They said, I, I wouldn't count on this. If you're in a war zone, Thomas, wherever the glow sticks are is a clear area. That's what it says. It said clear in parentheses. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if that was a joke or something. But and, and fire companies use this to illuminate like hallways, you know, when there's emergencies. Glow sticks are, are really practical. And I honestly, after reading about all the all the uses, I would consider keeping some in my car. Yeah, they they come in handy, and yeah, I think they're. I mean, they're great for parties. Yeah, but also they have a lot of practical uses to them, especially since they're waterproof. As yeah, well. they're waterproof. I didn't know all of them were waterproof, but it has to be in that sealed container. So yeah, of course it's waterproof. Duh. No, no chemicals come out, so clearly no water gets in. Next time you have a pool party at night, throw bring, some glow sticks throw in the some water. Glow sticks in the water, It'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Hey, you won't have tip. to worry about swimming in hydrogen peroxide, so that's pretty good. <laughs> no. So, yeah, next time you get a glow stick, think about it. Try to picture the glass tube in there. As you're shattering As it. As you're shattering half. it, cracking it, you know. Yeah, but, it's it's a fun thing. Glow sticks are really interesting, you know. And and then you get into bioluminescence. Oh, know, the with, jellyfish. With and jellyfish and stuff. And that's a, that's its own thing. But very similar principle. There's there's energy reacting, and then photons are the result of those atoms bouncing around, moving away from the nucleus, slowing down. There's still energy. goes out in light. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think now that now that was a topic. Now that was a good That was a good stick. two topics. That was a good two topics right there. Um I personally I love the glow stick. And you know what's great about the glow stick? The glow stick's not gonna listen to you and sell your information to the government like <laughs> No, not at all. Not like at our all. cell phones. Simple do. technology. Simple. But the simple technology does make a difference in this world and I think that is an important thing to know and hey i guess we'll have more appreciation for the glow stick going forward yeah and just moving forward don't forget to read the fine print i think that's what i learned today yeah there's it's always important to maybe check up on that and not just sign your soul away but i think that's what we have for two top this week and we'll see you guys next time for another two topics see ya this was two top an independently created and run podcast created by thomas lance and matt berg music this episode comes from lee rosevere for more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.